Welcome to the Surviving Middle School Podcast. I'm Dee Dee Thomas, mom of two. I've got Charles in middle school and Walker in second grade. And I am Mike Farah, father of Finnegan Farah, a middle schooler, and Elijah, a fourth grader. We are two New York City parents trying to manage the city and the beautiful struggle of raising kids. Today, we are going to talk about relationships. That is, dating as a sixth grader, having a girlfriend or boyfriend in middle school, and what does that mean? Well, for us right now, it means nothing. I keep asking Charles, does he have a girlfriend? Is there anyone that he's interested in? He rolls his eyes at me and says, Mom, so far I think he's just not there yet. My experience with kids in sixth grade is that these relationships are extremely innocent. That they are that they are they don't really understand what relationships are. I think they're getting cues from society about things that they should be doing when they're their age. Um, you know, I think that when young kids have in, are in the sixth grade and they have a relationship, I think it means that they text back and forth with one another. I think there may be the uh, innocent kissing, at least this is from the peer group that um, are, surround Finn and Charles. And I think that it may be a relationship that they're hanging around each other at lunch and maybe after school. And by texting, I think you mean hi. Hi. <laughs> they're not big. W-Y-D. <laughs> L-O-L. <laughs> they're not big texters at this point. Uh, but thankfully, they don't know what sexting is. They haven't experienced it yet. Have you talked to Finn at all about sexting? I have had a conversation with Finn about sexting, and it sounded like the most bizarre thing that he would ever do. I was trying to explain to him that people send photos of each other naked by text message. And he's like, what are you talking about? Why would I ever, ever consider doing that? And I tried to explain to him that, you know, once you send a picture like that on the internet, it lasts forever. Somebody has a certain power over you. They could use that against you, that you never know who it's going to get, that oftentimes those photos will be sent to multiple of other people, no matter how you trust. Now, you know, what you do is a, 20 year old adult that's up to you but it's you know those even those people that engage in sexting those photos get out they're on your phone they last forever i think i was watching an svu episode and charles was sitting there with me and he asked about it and we had a very frank discussion and what i said to him was if if you get a picture of a girl in her bra or in less than that and once you get that picture if someone finds your phone and it's on there you can be in trouble for possessing it. So if ever someone sends you a picture and it's something that's even the least bit inappropriate, you have to tell me about it. And what I said to him also was, if you get that picture and it's from your best friend or your girlfriend or your best friend's girlfriend, it doesn't matter. Once you send that picture to someone or reply to it, you have now engaged in pornography. And I said, basically what that means is, is that you've sent that picture to someone and you can be in serious trouble. And his eyes just got really big. And I said, you cannot, no matter what, comment or send a picture because now you are as bad as a person that did it themselves. So there was a sexting scandal at our middle school before we got there. Are you serious? Yes, there was a story of a young boy who received photos and sent them back out and it made the New York Post. Oh, yeah, I do remember this now, yep. So, you know, that's a very tough thing to be able to handle as a 15-year-old. Your relationship, you know, uh, 
things could change for you very quickly. Uh, and so I haven't had, I haven't shown Finn that news story yet. I don't really feel a need to. Uh, I'm currently monitoring his text messages back and forth. So I've seen the conversations he's had with young girls and they are the most innocent thing you could possibly think. And they're really not saying anything to each other. They're not. And at this age, I, you know, Charles, he doesn't really think about what girls are doing and, and their, their private areas. And, and that's good. But one day quickly that could change. And it's more a matter of having the conversation before it happens, as opposed to when he's in it, when, when the moment is already passed. I have had a conversation with Finn a little bit about consent that even if you have a girlfriend, you think that your girlfriend is yours, but you don't own that person. That's a, that person still is an in, you know dynamic individual that you don't possess. That a, uh, even a girlfriend is not a matter of ownership. Again, that was still kind of a foreign concept to him, but uh, you know I was uh, trying to establish early on that you never are in ownership of another person. Now, are there many times when Finn is in a setting with, with a group of girls, whether it's at a movies or, or at someone else's house? The, the most uh, common situation is when he is around uh, females or young women who are related to him by his cousins. And so he has really, really strong relationships with his cousins who are, tend to be around his age or younger, that they are close, friendly, affectionate, that he uh, values them as friends and has long conversations with them. I think when he's had friends who are um, from PS11 or from our elementary school, that he would be cordial or friendly or be able to have a conversation with them, but that he would not text them or call them on a regular basis as part of friendship maintenance. You know, Charles, he does have some good friends that are girls from elementary school that he's stayed close with. And what I found is that they can go for a couple of months and not talk at all. And it doesn't mean that they're angry with each other. They just, they don't connect. And then with the snap of a fingers, they can be together and they are hanging out and they are best buds. It is all friends, though there's, there's no dating or anything. As of yet, he has not had a situation where he's asked a girl out. Um, they go to when they have dances at school. He goes as friends, and they may hang out together, but there's no there's no um, one on one at all for him yet. Yeah, I I remember the uh, feeling in my stomach when I had to ask a girl to the first dance in high school. We went to an all boys school, so it had to be a girl from a different school, and uh, you know I had to pick up the phone and call and ask if they were busy and then give them the arrangements and that was a you know that was a, something that's stuck in your brain for a long time but that wasn't until uh, I guess that would be 11th or 10th 11th or 12th grade and then I don't remember having a girlfriend in my life really until college <laughs> right so I was a you know started very late I had um, girls who were very 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 close friends of mine but there was nothing of a relationship until I was in college. Well, when people say like that they have a girlfriend or boyfriend or that they're dating in sixth grade, it, it tends to mean, at least from our circle, that uh, they are going to movies together as a group and that they may sit next to each other. They may text a little bit more or talk on the phone a little bit more, sit together at lunch, hang out at recess. But there's not too much hanging out one-on-one. -on -one. Has that been your experience? Yeah, that was my experience, but it'll be interesting to see how that changes this year, right? So they've they've kind of tested the waters and seen 
people. They're going to begin to model other people's behavior. And so they've had a year to observe what that means. And it'll be interesting to see how they start seventh grade and if they begin to find a girlfriend this year and what that will mean for them in seventh and what, that, what they're seeing with eighth graders. I think in eighth grade, you start to see kids be openly affectionate with each other uh, in both school situations and out-of-school out situations. And so um, Finn's obviously looking at that dynamic. You also have to remember that when my experience, there was no birthday parties that were allowed in, uh, up in, by eighth grade where you could invite girls to your birthday parties. Right, they the only contact we had with girls there was Wednesday folk dancing on Wednesdays. Oh, that's right, because of your boys' school. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went to a mixed elementary school and then an all boys high school, but in elementary school up until eighth grade, we were not allowed to mingle outside of school, and so uh, that was a very specific from a very traditional Catholic school in San Francisco that there were not to be mixed birthday parties in elementary school. The good thing about this age group is that there's very, there are a few times when they are in one-on-one scenarios. Um, However, after school, there are opportunities for that. Have you guys set ground rules just in case um, with having people over in the house? Yeah, I, I did explain to Finn the dynamics of having people over your house or going to other people's houses. So for us, I wanted to create an environment that our house was always open to people after school, that if he wanted to bring people back to the house, that was fine. It was not acceptable to have people at the house without me present. So he could come back unless I knew them well enough. Um, There are a few exceptions where I would allow kids into our house that I knew. But if I did not know them well enough, then I would not allow them to come back. In part because I didn't know their parents, right? right? So I didn't know what was necessarily acceptable for the parents. The same goes with Finn going to somebody else's house. When he went to a friend's house, I wanted to make sure that he was being extended an invitation, not only by the person that his friend, but also that the parents were aware that he was going to the house. And that was true with both boys and girls. So that if he was found himself in a situation where a girl invited him over to their house, that the parents were there at all times. What I would say is when you are in a situation where your child wants to have the opposite sex or an interest over that it is important to set some ground rules ahead of time. For example, it's a good idea to at least speak with the other parent as well, particularly when it's something that's a love interest. I don't know how comfortable I'd be with having Charles go over to a girl's house if her parents weren't there at this age. And not not because I don't trust them, but just because they're young, they don't know really what's going on, what they're doing. So I'd like to have some parental supervision for that. Yeah. You know, one of of the things I've had to try and deal with with Finn is he has had boys his age make comments about women's bodies. Like they were in a situation where a bunch of kids his age, boys his age, were in a pool. And one of the boys made uh, a comment about the girl in the bikini. and, And I had to tell him afterwards that those comments were not appropriate to make about another woman. And the same instance happened about uh, conversations he that same boy was having about his girlfriend and what she wore to school and how he liked certain clothing that she was wearing. And so after I heard that young man have that conversation, I had to have a conversation with Finn about that to try and uh, unpack all the things that um, that meant and what that situation presents itself that you don't 
really can make a comment about another person's body ever, right? right? If it's a disability or if it's a woman's physical attributes, you don't talk about it, right? Uh, Among guys, it's just not appropriate. One thing that you and I have talked about having the serious conversations about sex, which neither of our children are ready for at all, but it's something that... I think we're late to the game, though. Uh, yeah, exactly. I do. What I've tried to do is, is is ask Charles questions here and there just to kind of get a sense of where he's at. And unfortunately, what I've done is once I start asking questions, it opens the door for him in terms of things that he never would have thought of, but now I've asked these questions and now he's coming back to me with more questions. Yeah, Pandora's box. Yeah. You opened it. Um, I did. And I will say this. I love that he's coming to me and asking me questions for things That's because great. I'm, I'd rather him ask me than ask his, his buddy at school who, who knows what that person will say just from their own, you know, limited experience. But it, it's also kind of gotten me to really think about the fact that he's growing older and whether it's not happening now, it'll happen very soon. And he's asked me questions about my own dating experience. He's asked me frank questions. Look, he asked me, how old can you be to have sex? And I did tell him 27. And hopefully <laughs> that will stick for a long time. But it's it's a question that he's asked. And, you know, I gather that's from what he's hearing and, and what he's experiencing. And I've also told him, you know, that, that he should be married when he has sex. And... You know, we go to church, and so he hears that's also reinforced. But then when we watch television and something happens, he does look at me like, well, they're not married. Um, so I uh, I know that th- there's going to be a time when the environment starts to really conflict with what we're trying to teach him. But for now, he's accepting the age limit <laughs> and the rules that he's getting. But we'll see what happens. Well, I think it's great you've had that conversation. I think I, I could have been a better parent and had some of these conversations earlier with Finn. I did approach the subject and say, you know, when you're ready to talk about it, you know, the door's open if you feel you need to talk about it. Uh, At my first attempt to try and have the conversation last summer, um, and he really felt uncomfortable about it, so I decided to put it off. Um, But I I fully anticipate to have a more detailed conversation with him in the next month or two um, before he starts entering seventh grade, just to try and find out from my own part what he thinks he knows already. Like to to find out what he's learned on the streets of Baruch and mm-hmm. the basketball court, and you know and what he's thought he's learned in private conversations, and what all of that means, and then try and give him what my view of the real definitions of what it means, and then I fully anticipate having a, a full conversation about the dynamics of what it really means to enter into a sexual relationship. Well, one thing that I've experienced is just kind of reliving the nostalgia of my favorite movies and shows and realizing that, okay, I'm watching it with my son, and that opens up a whole lot of questions watching Grease and Grease 2 and 16 Candles, one of my all-time favorite movies. And in that movie, Jake gives Anthony Michael Hall permission to sleep with his girlfriend and they wake up and they talk about it and I'm watching it like oh my gosh like when I'm watching it as a kid it meant nothing and here it is in this movie and it's celebrated and Charles is like is that okay to do I'm like it's absolutely not okay to do <laughs> and we watch weird science and in that movie they they make a woman so <laughs> who follows their every command yes exactly and um and ferris bueller's day off there's little innuendos in that movie and he's loving the movie and he's like this is really cool but then i'm also like oh god please don't ask please don't ask please don't ask because th- that movie was made what 30 years ago and 
what was acceptable then is not acceptable now. And in watching Greece, there are comments and, and language and things that are completely inappropriate that were accepted at the time. And now when I'm watching it, especially watching it through the filter of a 12-year-old and a 7-year-old, the language and the scenarios that are introduced, I have to explain and, and get them to understand why it was really not okay then, but it's definitely not okay now. And so they're making songs about it, but just to be aware that what they're talking about is not appropriate when you're talking about relationships with girls and boys. Yeah, it's stunning when we look back and think about how many comedies there were that had storylines about young boys having sex with drunk girls. Yeah. And it's uh, it's definitely something that, uh, you know, our culture began to reflect, and we've seen some of that backlash with Me Too, but I think our boys will grow up hopefully in a different area than the one we grew up in. But also there are songs today, like it's good to know what your kids are listening to because lyrics today have some of the same misogynistic lyrics, whether it's a man singing it or a woman singing it. So it's just good to know what, what shows your child are watching, what songs you're listening to. Like a Cardi B song that I work out to and like I'm singing like, oh my gosh, like this is so inappropriate, but the beat is amazing. So I listen to the song and know that if it's on my iPhone, then it's also on my, on my son's iPhone. But you just have to be aware because all those little cues that got those cues as well, not even realizing that they're doing it. For sure. I, I already sound like my parents. It's very frustrating that I'm worried about what movies they're watching, what games they're playing, what songs they're listening to. But it really, it does require us as parents to be active parents in our kids' life, to monitor all of the things that they're consuming, to make sure that they're young, rational uh, adults that are aware of all of the images that are being placed in their heads as their young children and how we have to strive to be different adults. Do you remember when um, Vice President Gore's wife, Tipper, when she went on the campaign. I do. <laughs> and she was she was against explicit lyrics and wanted them labeled. And I thought that was the absolute worst thing imaginable. Hello. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> Not I, so much anymore. I, I, yes, <laughs> I was I was I was very disappointed uh, as a uh, kid having her as a member of my own party, right? Going around lecturing people about lyrics and very common debate of whether art is reflecting society or society is reflecting the art. And so it's, it's been something, but I haven't told Finn what songs he can't listen to, but I have had a conversation with him about the lyrics in some of those songs. But I think right now his attraction really is the beat, as you said, with Cardi B and others, but there'll come a time where they have an effect on him overall. There's never been a you know a situation where Finn's ever referred to any woman as a bitch, but he hears it probably pretty regularly. Exactly, and that's part of just our awareness of making sure that they know when they hear things or or see things to put them in context. And I think if Charles ever said to me, you know, yo, bitch, what? I <laughs> you'd fall on the floor. And not really know how to react. Yeah, that would, that, the, just the image of him trying to say that would be hilarious. Yeah. Let me ask you one more question. So when the conversation's about sex, how did it fall upon you to have the conversation with him instead of Charles, your husband? 
because I really wanted to have a sense of where he was at. I, I wanted to know what they were talking about. What the kids were talking what, about. What the kids were talking about. And he would often come to me, like the question about what the age that he could have sex, I didn't provoke that. He asked me at what age do men and women have sex? And I told him 27. And wanting to get ahead of of this, I've been asking him questions. Does he know what this means? There's been different phrases that have, that have come up. And he's like, well, I don't know what that really means. And so in and trying to get a sense of, okay, well, where did you hear it from? Um, here's what it means. Is that what you thought? Sometimes he'll just come home and say, he'll ask a question, was Pop, which is what he calls Chazo, my husband, was he the first person that I had sex with? And I don't know where these questions are coming from, but I answer them, you know, so, and that's just open the door. And so once, once you ask one question, it, the next one will come a couple hours later after he's thought about it. So it's, it's an ongoing thing. Yeah. I- my wife and I have had not really had a conversation about how we're going to approach the conversation, but it's been clear to me that Maya would prefer that I have the conversation with Finn rather than she has the conversation with Finn. I don't know who Finn would feel more comfortable having the conversation with, to be honest with you, but it'll, it's going to fall upon me to have the conversation sometime. We have not had a conversation, but Finn knows it's out there, about pornography yet. That'll be an interesting conversation and probably an entire episode for uh, one of our upcoming podcasts about how to deal with pornography with this new generation and their access to it through their devices as we uh, continue to try and raise young middle schoolers. And and one thing, like Charles has not asked about the actual act. There's nothing that's been the logistics or how you get there or what's a condom or anything like that. It's more the, the overarching S word that he's kind of coming to grips with in terms of the hypothetical and not the actional. I don't know what sex education they receive at school. Do you know what's... I don't. Yeah. I I remember being in sixth grade and having a very... interesting conversation that had to do with bees and reproduction and tampons. But I don't remember knowing anything more about how babies are made. Yeah. Hopefully it's progressed a little bit since then. Yeah, we'll see. Well, that's it for today. We hope you enjoyed listening. Let's keep the conversation going. Send us your questions to survivingmiddleschoolpod at gmail.com or visit us at survivingmiddleschoolpod.com. Be sure to check back with us next week or subscribe for our latest installment of Surviving Middle School. And if there's a topic that you want us to cover, send us that as well. Thanks, guys, for listening.